0: Good day, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us in another edition of the Practicology Podcast. This is episode number 75. We are inching closer to the month of August when we will be going through our second annual August Summer Challenge. I shouldn't say annual, but it will be our second in a row anyway. And uh, we're able to give you a few details about that now. We're going to give a more thorough introduction to the Summer Challenge on next week's episode. But we are happy to tell you that our passage for memorization for this summer is going to be Ephesians chapter one. What a beautiful chapter, so full of God's rich blessings towards us and uh, a profound prayer for spiritual insight. So we're looking forward to going through Ephesians chapter one with you. That's going to be the August summer challenge. Another verse memorization challenge There's going to be prizes as well. And we will tell you about that in next week's episode.
1: Yes. Looking forward to that. And in the meantime, uh, I'd like to share some thoughts from Psalm 36. I've just been really loving this song recently. And uh, I want to share two things that it's helped me with. First of all, it's helped me with my small thinking. And secondly, it's helped me with my incomplete thinking. So my small Mm -hmm. thinking and my incomplete thinking. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, let's, let's start with my small thinking. Uh, When I was a boy, there used to be this movie called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. (laughs) Well, I think that captures what the devil tries to do with our thinking. He He tries to shrink God's world. He tries to get us to think that living for Christ is like living in this dark little closet. But living for self is a bright, beautiful world of wide open spaces. But of course, he's wrong. Matthew, I have a quick question for you here. Uh, Have you ever heard the famous clip of John Piper talking about the man pool versus the God pool?
0: That is not sounding familiar to me, Mike. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Okay, okay. Well there's something for you to uh search for, I guess. The Piper has this famous uh illustration where he was staying at a hotel uh by the beach of some ocean somewhere, and uh and he came out and he couldn't believe his eyes because right beside the ocean was this little swimming pool.
0: This isn't the and, one where, uh, this isn't the one where he's talking about giving your seashell collection to the Lord, is it?
1: No, this is not the seashell collection. That okay. was a different one. But right. yeah, that was Keep a good going. one too. Yeah. So he he can't believe his eyes. There's this pool uh, right beside the ocean, and he he looks down at the pool and he looks up at the ocean. He looks down at the ocean pool. He looks up at the ocean, and and he's like, "That's a man pool." And then he looks up at the ocean and he says, "That's a god pool." Mm-hmm. And uh, and and this is this is the point that god's pool god's world is far bigger than our little world our little world of sin so so in psalm 36 it starts off with the wicked man in the first few verses and david talks about this wicked man how sin is speaking deeply in his heart how there's no fear of god before his eyes he he flatters himself in his own eyes he's a big deal to himself and and he's lying on his bed plotting and scheming how to take down david This wicked man, he thinks he's living in a big world, but it's actually a world as small as his own devious heart. But then, verse 5, there's this abrupt contrast. While the wicked man is feasting on his little sins and his little thoughts, David is lying there, and he's thinking about how big God is. And Matthew, uh, would you just read verses 5 to 9 for us,
0: please? Sure, gladly. Psalm 36, verses 5 to 9. Your steadfast love, O Lord... Extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty, (laughs) skip that one. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Well,
1: thanks for singing and speaking those words to us. Uh, but but hopefully we could hear in that psalm what's happening. It's, it's as if David's lying by the beach somewhere and he's looking up at the heavens and he's saying, that's how much God loves me. He's looking at the clouds and he's saying, that's how faithful God is to me. He looks over at the mountains, and he says, that's how secure and strong God's righteous salvation is for me. And then his eyes scan over the vast ocean, and he thinks, that's how deep God's mysterious ways are for me. And then he sees this beautiful fountain overflowing into a river of delights that flows down into the ocean, and maybe there's people laughing and playing beside it and drinking from it. And he thinks, this is what my God is like. He is the fountain of all life and all true pleasure. The whole world comes to drink from the river of his delights. This is the God who can satisfy me.
0: It's lovely. Thank you, Mike. And, and there, I think there's a couple others there too, right? I mean, it seems maybe David spots an eagle or some other majestic bird soaring through the sky, and that reminds him how God's people shelter under God's wings. He mentions the abundance of God's house. I mean, the, the food and drink that we enjoy in life, all this comes from God's bountiful table.
1: Yeah, that's good. And and the point is that we need to let this psalm free us from the devil's attempts to shrink God in our eyes and, and to shrink God's world. God's love extends to the heavens. His faithfulness extends to the clouds. His salvation is stronger than the mountains. His plans for you, are as deep and profound as the seas and he is able to satisfy your deepest longings. And Matthew, as I just rehearse all that, I, I think of some of the little conversations I've had with one of my daughters from time to time, you know, where you're just kind of fooling around together. And, and she'll say, I love you all the way up to that tree and back. And, uh, and then, you know, the parent will say, well, I love you all the way up to the clouds and back. And, and, um, it's, it's playful, and it's fun, and it's really good, but, but how lovely to think that, that we can say this of our God, that his love goes all the way up to the heavens and back for
0: mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. That is a wonderful thought, Mike. What about the second area that this psalm has been helping you, though you've covered how it has helped with your small thinking, and I refrain from commenting on your use of that phrase, but how, <laughs> ab- how about with your incomplete thinking?
1: Yeah, so I've been reading this book by Esther Smith called A Still and Quiet Mind, 12 Strategies for Changing Unwanted Thoughts. It's really helpful. And uh, she says that too often we get onto the train of our thoughts and we ride it when we should get off at the next station and, and just sit there and watch our thoughts go by and, and, and evaluate them. And there's four questions that she gives people to to evaluate our thoughts. So number one, we can say, okay, there's this thought in my head. Is this thought true? Secondly, is this thought helpful? Thirdly, is this thought appropriate? Mm -hmm. And then fourthly, and this is the one that's really been helping me, um, we can ask, is this thought complete? Is it complete? So just for an example, uh, you go to a new school and you're thinking, I don't have any friends at school. Well, is the thought true? Yes, it is maybe. Maybe you don't have any th- friends at that school, but is it complete? No, because maybe you're forgetting that you just arrived at this school one week ago and it takes a little bit longer than a week to make friends. Your thought is is incomplete. Maybe you're forgetting that at the previous school you just left, you had quite a few good friends. And and maybe you're forgetting that your youth group that you have good friends there too. and and you're forgetting about the fact that you have family that love you and support you and accept you. And so, and so this is just an example of incomplete thinking. Yes, it's true that you don't have any friends at school, but you need to go on. You need to carry on in your thoughts and, and round out the truth so, you, so that you have a complete thought in your mind. Matthew, I don't know. Do you have an example of incomplete thinking that, that comes to your mind?
0: Yeah, I, w- I wonder this. So you kind of sprung this on me in short notice here, Mike, this question, but I'm wondering if this would be a, an example. You let me know. Maybe my thought is my local church doesn't do enough in evangelism. And that could be true, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm overlooking the things we are doing in evangelism. Maybe I'm taking some of them for granted. Maybe I'm Overlooking a a children's ministry because that's not really something that's a big deal to me. Maybe I don't actually know how much some of the other believers in the church are sharing the gospel personally. So I don't know that either. And even if it is just a a true statement, what am I doing to help us be more Mm -hmm. evangelistically minded? So would that be an example of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think I think that is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And even just to further complete the thought and, and realize the evangelism of Halifax isn't dependent solely on North street gospel hall either. Right. I'm I'm not saying that's to lessen responsibility, but, but yeah, the the, the point is yes, to, to evaluate your thinking, to look at it and evaluate and say, well, hang on a second. Is this, is this a complete thought? So, so the way I'm putting this for myself is to remember to practice my mental follow-throughs and, uh, You know how in most sports, when you're just beginning, maybe the coaches will have to remind you often of the importance of your follow through. If you don't remember to follow through, your swing or your punch or your kick or your slap shot
0: will be incomplete. And you got to remember to finish your check too, Mike.
1: Ah, Yes, a good hip check or shoulder check. Amen. What about in the world of tennis and ping pong, Matthew? Is follow through important there?
0: Absolutely, I'm going to say. It's been a long time since I've been uh, properly coached in either one, but I think so.
1: All right, all right, we're going to go with that. Well, here's the point. We need to do the same in our thought life. We need to remember to follow through. Your thoughts can be completely true, but incomplete. In other words, you can be thinking something, and what you're thinking is true as far as it goes, but you're only grasping half the truth. You're only factoring in one side of the truth
0: hence the need to follow through.
1: Yes, amen, yeah. So, so you're thinking to yourself, wow, the world seems pretty out of control sometimes. There's, there's a lot of bad things happening. Is that a true thought? Yes. Is it a complete thought? No, it doesn't capture the whole truth because there's a pretty important chunk of truth that also needs to be factored in. It's, it's the truth that God is completely sovereign. He's got everything in perfect control. It's not wrong to think about the rise of gas prices. Two dollars and four cents a liter is what I filled up on the way to where I am right now. It's not wrong to think about inflation and the grocery aisles and the war in Ukraine and the cultural tensions ripping people apart and so on. But all these thoughts are incomplete if that's where they stop. You need to keep going. You need to do a mental follow through until you get to the rest of the truth that none of this is taking God by surprise, that he's sitting on his throne, experiencing zero stress and anxiety, he's perfectly able to keep us and protect us through all the stuff that's going on
0: in our world. It all sounds really good, Mike. Help us to see how does this connect to Psalm 36. Right. Thanks, uh, Matthew, for
1: prompting me in that direction. So uh, just again, to repeat in the first four verses, David is thinking about that wicked man who's out to get him. And he looks at this wicked man from this angle and that angle. And and know what? Everything David is thinking about that man is true. But it's not complete. It's only one half of the truth. Mm -hmm. And so what does David do? I'm guessing, um, Matthew, when it came to his slingshot, David was pretty good at at remembering to, to follow through. And here in the psalm, when it comes to his thinking, he also remembers to follow through.
0: Yeah, so we see this abrupt change. I think you mentioned that at verse number five. He immediately goes from thinking about the wicked man to how great God's love and faithfulness and his salvation are. Your steadfast love, verse five. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds.
1: Yeah, it's hard to convey it uh, just um, orally like this, but I encourage people
0: to just... I could sing it (laughs) for you again. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, that would be very helpful, Matthew. But, um, but the other solution, and the one I'm going to recommend right now, is that people just grab <laughs> their Bible, and and take a look at Psalm 36 for themselves, because it, it is it is uh, stunning how how abrupt this changes. And when you look at it, ask yourself, what if David had stopped at verse four? His thoughts would be true, but incomplete. But thankfully, he follows through. And he succeeds in factoring in some massively important truths about God that round out the truth about the situation he's in regarding this wicked man. Sure, the wicked are wicked, but God's love extends to the heavens. Sure, the wicked man is plotting to kill him, but God's righteous salvation is as secure as a mountain and, and so on. So what I want to do just for the final minutes of this here, is take those middle verses of Psalm 36 and show listeners how we can practice our mental follow through. Uh, Suppose you're thinking, I'm so unworthy of God's love. My sins are so many. They're towering over my head. Is the thought true? Yes. If you're like me, it's certainly true. I've sinned an awful lot. I'm not worthy of God's love. But is it complete? No, it isn't. What's the rest of the truth? God's steadfast love extends to the heavens. Come out to the prairies around Melfort, Saskatchewan, where I'm staying right now. And and you can just plant yourself pretty much anywhere and start turning around, looking up at that huge dome of sky above your head and uh, and let your mind wander and and carry on to the wonderful truth that God's love is not scarce or stingy towards you and sing with all your heart those wonderful lyrics of that song my sins they are many his mercy is more
0: i think it's only fair that you sing that (laughs) my
1: sins they are many his mercy is more Mm -hmm. did i get it right matthew you did
0: i love that song let me take let me take a crack at practicing what you're teaching us today too mike still in verse five i might find myself thinking I've been unfaithful to the Lord. My, my loyalty hasn't been, my allegiance hasn't been what it should be. It's also true. But according to what you've been teaching us today, it's incomplete because the end of verse five says, your faithfulness, God's faithfulness, your faithfulness extends to the clouds. So our faithfulness sometimes doesn't rise much higher than a blade of grass, I suppose, but his faithfulness extends up into the clouds.
1: Hey, Amen. You're really getting the, the, the hang of this, Matthew. So let's go to verse 6a. Maybe you're thinking, I don't feel very secure in my salvation right now. I I feel doubts about my assurance. Well, That may be true. Perhaps you aren't feeling like your salvation is secure right now. But but follow through. Keep going. Keep thinking until you've got the whole picture. Uh, Verse 6a says, your righteousness is like the mountains of God. It's strong. It's secure. It's not moving. He's declared me righteous. He's imputed to my account his perfect righteousness. And no tremor from hell can so much as shake God's righteous salvation.
0: Mm -hmm. And the next statement in verse 6 says that God's judgments are like the great deep. And maybe this truth speaks to us when we can't understand God's ways with us. Maybe some of our listeners are going through something extremely difficult right now. And it's taken some serious turns for the worse even. And you're questioning God's plans for you. You're doubting his wisdom for you. You're thinking... I can't understand why God would allow this in my life right now. Well, that can be a, that's, that's a true thought. We don't understand that. But God can give you grace to follow through in your thinking. God's judgments are like the great ocean deep. and We're only dipping into the surface layer of his wisdom. His ways are as mysterious, deep, and profound as his love for you is high and unfailing and sweet. To paraphrase Tim Keller, God is making decisions regarding your life that you would make if you were as all-knowing and all-powerful and all-loving as God is.
1: Hmm. Excellent, Matthew. Uh, I just want to give one more here. Remember how David goes on in the verses to say that God is the fountain of life, overflowing into a river of delights that satisfy the children of mankind. So let's say the desire to sin starts building inside me. And I, I start thinking, wow, the world looks so alluring right now and sin would feel so good right now. Well, again, that's, there's an element of truth there, right? The world does look good. Sin does appear extremely attractive and tempting at times. And, and maybe it's true that the desire is very strong in you at the moment or in me to, to give into it. But but what do we do? We keep thinking. We don't stop there. There's, there's a whole side of truth that, that I haven't factored in. If that's where I stop. Um Why? because my Father is the fountain of life. He is able to satisfy our hunger far better than any sin and to quench our thirst far deeper than any forbidden pleasure. So learn to let even your darkest, most sinful thoughts and desires lead you into a closer enjoyment of your God. Esther Smith recommends asking yourself a question to prompt you to keep going with your thoughts. And it's such a simple question. It's just this. It's, it's what else? What else? So, so you're thinking a thought and you say, what else? What else is true? Um, I asked that girl out and she said, no. What else? I don't want to stop there. What else? I need to keep going in my thoughts. And maybe I'll start thinking about how there's someone who loves me infinitely and said yes. Um, there aren't any believers my age and with my interests in my local church. Okay. True thought. Maybe. Yeah. Well, what else? What else? Keep going. Keep going in your thinking onto more truth until you have a complete uh, picture in your
0: head. Thanks, Mike. That's that's a helpful question to ask. What else? And let me ask you as we're bringing episode seventy-five here almost to a close. What else do you have to tell us today?
1: What else? Well, I don't think I have anything more to share, Matthew. Other than a quick reminder about the summer challenge. Do plan ahead to join us in memorizing that amazing chapter. If there's another chapter in scripture that would help us uh follow through mentally in our thinking and and land on some wonderful truth about god it's it's ephesians one so um make plans to join us in that we'll have more to come on future episodes but in the meantime may the lord bless you as you feast on the river of his
0: delights Amen. Thank you, Mike, for your words today. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And yes, please do tune in to the next episode of the Practicology Podcast to hear more about the Summer Challenge.